The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. There were some present at that very time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. But those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen. This Gospel starts with a clue. There is a fig tree, but it is planted in a vineyard. Everybody knows that a vineyard makes its money from the grapes. So a fig tree planted in a vineyard is there for pleasure, not for profit. Whoever planted this tree just wanted to have a little fun. But a fig tree is supposed to bear fruit every year. And this one will not play along. For three years, this tree has been a bust. So the owner has a simple solution for his frustration. Cut it down. Why should we let this tree spoil the view? Why should we let one bad tree ruin our fun? But miraculously, there is a vine dresser who begs his boss for just one more chance. Just have a little patience. Just let it be for one more year. And then, if nothing changes, you can come back and cut it down. During that time, the vine dresser must work very hard because dead and dying things cannot fix themselves. Dead things need a resurrection. I'm sure that you are clever enough to remember that scripture often speaks about the church as a vineyard. So you probably realize that this little story is really about us. We are the tree and we cannot fix ourselves. But we can be fixed. We can live again if Jesus goes to work on us. 
One of the most fascinating things about this text is the little Greek word for the vine dresser's patient work office. It's a simple word that means let it be, let it alone, take some time, tolerate it, suffer with it. And so in verse 8, the gardener says to the owner, office it. Just let it be. Just give it some time. Just leave this tree alone for now and let me work on it for one more year. But you should know that office also means pardon it, forgive it, or even give it peace. So the vine dresser is not just asking his boss for time, but also for mercy. Just pardon the tree. Just forgive it. Just leave it in peace and let me work with it for one more year. It turns out that this is the very same word that Jesus utters when he is nailed to the cross. When he's looking down at you and at me with nails through his hands and feet as he is hanging in the clench of death. Office them, Father. Pardon them. Tolerate them. Be patient with them, Father. Let me work on them for a while. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. So now we put it all together. Of course, in this story, we are the dead. Dead tree, dead wood, dead useless, dead as a doornail. You and I, of ourselves, dead, dead, dead. And in this story, Jesus is the vine dresser, ready to put in the hours and the effort, ready to put in the time and the mercy to get his hands dirty by touching you and touching me, by putting a little manure around us to rouse us and raise us and change us to make our wrongs right, to resurrect us and forgive us and to make us good for something so that we might bear some fruit. Jesus does that merciful work every time he touches his love to our hurts. Every time he mercies whatever is broken and painful inside of us. Every time he touches our ears with his words from scripture and our skin with his name in holy baptism and in just a moment our lips with his holy body and blood at his holy supper, forgiving our past and energizing our future. This kind of love begs for repentance, which is why this text comes to us in Lent. Repentance says, I'm sorry I've been dead weight, dead useless, dead sinful, dead 
And this kind of love also breeds gratitude. Gratitude says, thank you for doing for me what I could never do for myself. Thank you for working on me, for forgiving me and saving me. And this kind of love always asks, what is next? What can I do for Christ? And from Jesus, the answer does come back, work with me. Help me. There is certainly plenty to do. Your neighbor needs your love. If Lent is a time when we become more like Jesus, then Lent is a time for each one of us to be more patient, more merciful, and to offer each other the little resurrections of forgiveness. This Lent... Jesus wants us to embrace the ones who annoy us, to endure the ones who spoil our view, to mercy those who ruin our fun, to forgive those who have sinned against us, and to resurrect those who are dead among us. This is precisely the point of the season. Lent is a sacred moment, a sacred 40 days for delivering huge amounts of mercy during a very limited period of time. Lent allows our enemies, our adversaries, our rebellious, our annoying, our inconsiderate, our faithless, our wanderers, our lazy, our undisciplined, our sinners, And by the way, that would include all of us to have our futures back. Jesus' work on us not only gives us life, but also brings back the fun of being who we were always meant to be in love and forgiveness and joy and peace and mystery and beauty in delight and gratitude and happiness and cooperation and resurrection and obedience. Trees in his vineyard bearing him good fruit. Happy Lent. In the name of Jesus. Amen.